Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. to the podcast new intro uh dan yes good to have you here it's good to be here it's early i I did an early episode you came in all jazzed up and hyper and today i feel like you're a little bit more level-headed so this should be a normal episode right Uh, maybe uh last time i came in i didn't have my mocha i had to substitute a monster oh and that that's a different energy today i got my mocha it hasn't quite hit me yet and this is still before 10 a.m. ish. Maybe it's close to 10 a.m. now. I think it's after 10. We took a long time to get in here. Yeah, so, yeah sometimes it takes some prep. Uh, <laughs> but um, I don't feel ready to speak to humans yet. So, But here we are, making podcast magic for yeah. listeners. What are we going to talk about? I, well, I mean, I'm pretty excited. we got some new tech in here. So Don't even... You, <laughs> You're going to want to go maybe to the YouTube channel. It's Multifamily Investing Made Simple. We'll put a short video there. You can yeah. see how cool the studio is now. Um, we added some voice-activated shenanigans. Because you used to have to flip five to eight One, switches two, three, to turn all this on. Four, five, seven, this thing. A lot. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot. <laughs> now, we just say something to Google. Hopefully, I don't trigger. Don't, don't even say. We're not even allowed to say that word anymore in this office Things because will start turning on and off. She just starts listening. Yeah, but yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, pretty neat feature. Okay. All things told, it makes it a lot easier to come in here and just start recording. So let's let's record something. Let's do it. Let's do it right now. Um, We're here. I want to talk about the fact that interest rates are ballooning. They're getting crazy. And despite that, we are in the midst of refinancing a property. So why on earth are we refinancing into a rising interest rate environment? That sounds like the absolute wrong thing to do. Sounds reckless. Reckless. Complete disregard for economics. I'll be honest. I I feel reckless right now. You don't look reckless. We'll see what happens when the coffee kicks. <laughs> That's the thing's going to change. Yeah. <laughs> now, we get this question a lot. Um, and, you know, a lot of... A lot of newer investors are coming in with the context of, um, you know, their experience with, with mortgages and, and, and debt on property as their primary residence. Typically, mm-hmm. when the average consumer who owns a home uh, does a refinance, it's to get better rates, not higher interest. They don't want to go from, say, I think we were at like a 3.85 up to like a 4.6. Most people are like, why would you want to do that? That sounds worse. That's just going to cost me money. Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah. It's a good question. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why. Um, one thing that comes to mind is there's a lot of equity b- baked into the building. Mm-hmm. So we bought this thing in 2020, and I, I, I don't want to talk about like specific numbers, but there's a good chance it'll refi and return around 50% of initial invested capital. So that means there's a lot of equity sitting in this building that if we 
did not refinance, we can't tap into. Mm -hmm. So that's one is like being able to return capital earlier to investors is great because then they can go and invest that money and it can start earning a yield. So that's one thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a lot of reasons that, that are, that's the big one for me mm -hmm. is really maximizing the return on equity because if you take an asset and you increase it by 50 to 60% in value, you've got a lot more equity. And let's say before you were earning like $100,000 a year on a million dollars of equity. That's about a 10% return on your, on your equity, return on equity. Now, if you double the value of your building or the, the, the value of your equity doubles up to 2 million and you're still making $100,000 a year in cash flow, that's still good cash flow, but that's like 5%, mm -hmm. right? So the return on equity starts to drop. It's not the most efficient use of capital. And, when you refi and pull cash out, that's a non-taxable event. So it lets you reap some of those, take some of those profits out, non-tax, and then reallocate those to something that you can get even more yield on. Now, the big, the big question that people will ask is, well, you're putting all this new debt on there before there was all this equity in there. So your loan to value is nice and low, big safety margin. Now you're going to put all this debt back on it, probably up to 75% loan to value. And with the higher interest rates, that's going to eat into your cash flow. Like, are we, are, what? What? You're crazy. 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 Reckless. Yeah. Well, we're not on this one. We're not maxing out the leverage. So we always go into properties. I should say always, but 90% of the time we're going in with a 75% loan. And then we start increasing that equity pretty much from day one. Um, so we're never really over 75%. And this time we're getting about 68% leverage. So we're not really maxing it out. Um, but, uh, but honestly, on this one, our debt service is going to be about the same as it's always been. So cash flow is going to be relatively... Uh, not impacted. Wait, wait, wait. Me. So we're going to get higher interest rate, but the, the debt service coverage ratio is about the same. How's that work? How is that possible? Yeah. So you're probably asking, okay, how do you take on more debt at a higher interest rate and have your mortgage, uh, your, your debt service be the same as it was before? Well, we get interest only with this. So we're going from a local regional bank, uh, which was great for getting into the deal, uh, to Freddie Mac's agency debt. So we get a lot more um, attractive terms, you know, outside the interest rate. It's, it's still good relative to where rates are at today. But there's a lot of other factors that come into play here. Like it's non-recourse. We get longer amortization. So 25 years, it's 30 years. I can't tell you how good it feels to take about two, two-ish million dollars of debt off of the balance sheet of uh, recourse. So uh, yes. Hey, yeah. hey, we should do a video. We should do a video about like how we, um, what, took two million dollars of debt off of our, I don't even know how to word it, but Personal. that'd be interesting. Yeah. How to, we took, we took some personal guarantees off the table, which yeah. is nice because that's, that's I mean, as general partners, that's a big, uh, you know, risk that we take big regardless of how much money we put in, uh, our personal assets are always at risk when we go into these deals, you know, our investors don't have to bear that risk. So it's a great deal for them, but you know, we sign personal guarantees on a lot of properties. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to have to nice to be able to start to carve some of those off. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, like the really big thing here is when we can do a refinance into an environment like this, where yeah, the interest rate isn't as great as it could have been if we had done this a year or two ago, right? But if the, the that debt service coverage ratio is still effectively the same, the cash flow that we're going to be looking at coming on the back end of this deal is about the same. Well, now we're just de-risking the investment by reducing how much capital is tied up into the building. So as an investor, if you'd put $100,000 into it and you're going to get 50000 back, like you just have $50,000 less at risk still in the building and you can do something else with that 50 you could go i don't know buy into the stock market at its crazy lows right now you could go buy another building you could go on vacation so all in all for us like it's always about there's so many different variables to consider it, it, a refinance is never just a, a pure green light red light like 
really clear, dis, uh, obvious decisions. There's a lot of balancing. And in this one, um, it skews very positive despite the higher interest rate. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good point too. I mean, you know, a few years we might do another one and then our investors will have effectively have zero dollars still at risk from their original investment. They'll still own the same amount of equity, but all the money they initially put in has already been brought back to them. So, yeah. so if you're if you're sitting at home and you're thinking about doing a refinance, maybe on a building that you personally own or that you have investors in, and you're like, how do we know like when's the mo right moment to do it? Like, just do the calculations and then look at like what's your buffer on the back end, and that's the really important thing. Is like interest rates they they eat into your buffer in a lot of cases because they can reduce the cash flow because that's you know your debt service coverage can be depleted. But if it's not for you know reasons of having like an interest only period that lasts for a really long time. Um, then maybe the decision actually does make sense. So just, hopefully this gave you a couple more avenues of, uh, to consider. So food for thought. Mm. I'm sorry for that noise. I know some people really <laughs> hate the sound uh, our of Our listeners like, are tuning out now. Well, we, well, <laughs> it's okay. pretty much over, so that's fine. Uh, the, the pain, the suffering has come to a conclusion. <laughs> we appreciate the heck out of all of you, except for you, Louie. That's my dog. He doesn't listen to this. Oh, man. I pulled a name at random thinking, surely nobody is named Louie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your dog is named Louie. Well, okay, Louis so if there's a Louie out there, I am I, so sorry. I didn't really mean it. I love you the mostest. Everybody else, second best. Oh, okay. Yeah, now I've gone from offending like a small minority to the everybody. <sighs> this is spiraling out Okay, of let, let's just get out of here. We'll, got, we'll see you in the guys well, in the next episode. That's a stroke. Sorry. Scene. <laughs>